Well, I want to kind of set the, 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 the scene, and um, this morning I was, I was, well, not this morning, but this week as I was prepping, I was really drawn back to the conception of the church. Amen. Last week, Pastor preached a, a dynamic message that was about Jesus welcomes sinners, right? How many enjoyed that message last week? Aren't you glad that He welcomed you and He welcomed me? Amen. And no longer are we sinners, but now we are called saints. Amen. And so, as, as I was preparing for this week and, and this message to share with you guys this morning, and I will try to do my very best to get you out by 2 o'clock. Um, yes, it's, it's okay. It's all right. Because we're doing life together. Amen? And so, um, and so uh, Pastor, you know, he got out here early last week, but uh, he said I could just keep you till 2. That, and I said, okay, that's fine. I don't get to preach here much often, you know, up here, so I'm going to take advantage of it. Amen? All right. And you cannot leave. All right? Even if it's bad, you cannot leave. All right? I'm just kidding. But, uh, but as I was preparing for this, I was taken back to Acts chapter 2. I know it's the, it's the Pentecost, man. It's the power. It's the unction. It's all that kind of stuff. And so we know in Acts chapter 2, uh, we see that, uh, you know, that the, that the story is that they're up in the upper room and they're tearing and they're, they're just waiting because they were instructed back in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Um, and, and so all of a sudden we know that the power of the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind, baptized them. Uh, they begin to speak in unknown tongues at that time. And, uh, and then I always look at it this way. I always think of Peter, man. Just, just ha, ha, Have you ever been around somebody that's just so excited about what God... Because you got to understand, now the completion of the New Testament now begins. All right, so now Jesus has already conquered. He's already done everything. He's already made it. No longer do we see him as a foe, but now we see him as father. We see him as, as, a, as a happy and a, and, a, and, a, and a loving God. He's not a, a mean God. He's not a God that is putting you through all kinds of stuff or any of that kind of stuff. Now we just see him as a loving father at this moment. And so Peter at this moment, I just see it like this. It's like... Bam! Just kick open the doors, man, and just get on out to the streets because of the very thing that they experienced. And man, the, the you know, just the zeal and, and just the, the freshness of what God has done. And I just see Peter just kick open the door, man, and just kind of, they all just kind of, ah! just run out, man, and just, I mean, because they're so excited of what God is doing. I know, man. I'm a youth pastor. What do you expect? All right? And so, um, and, and, and so what we find is that, you know, Peter goes in and he, he gets up in a place where people can hear him. And he says, hey, listen, they're not drunk, man. They're, they're just experienced and they're sharing the message. And all of a sudden, the people that are there because, you know, it's the festival of Pentecost and they're hearing, you know, they're coming from all around the lands and stuff. And all of a sudden they're saying, aren't these Galileans? Aren't these Galileans that are preaching my language? And I can understand them. And it says on that day in verse 41, and he said, those who believed what Peter had said, baptized and added to the church that day of about 3,000 in all. Amen? Amen. And so we find that in verse 42, it says, that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe, somebody say awe, came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, miraculous signs and wonders. And all, say all, 
the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Somebody say all. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today. Father, we thank you that in this moment, in this time that we were created in such a time as this, that, Father, that we could come and we could fellowship with one another. That, Father, that true community is being expressed in this house this morning. The Father, that the very community that was in the upper room is right here, right now. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, and mercy over our lives. Father, we thank you for the leadership of this house. Father, I pray for Apostle as he's out and ministering. Father, that they would receive the word that he brings forth today. That, Father, that the very words that he's been speaking to us, Lord, it has been transforming us and renewing where we're renewing our minds. Father, we thank you so much for the word that's going forth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Before you sit down, you need to high-five somebody and say, it's time to wake up. All right. Don't let, this, don't let the youth pastor put you to sleep. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and so, as I was, you know, preparing for the message and, and things, and how many, how many has went back and listened to the message that Pastor preached last week? How many has been back on the podcast and kind of going back and looking at that? Okay. All right. There's about three of us. Come on, somebody. All right. Three of us are excited about last week's word. All right. I would encourage you, I would encourage you to go back to the podcast and listen to the words that Pastor was speaking. Um, because really, it, it's so funny that, that my message kind of falls in with Gideon's coming here. And, and because it's really about the good news, just like what that video was talking about. It's about good news. How many of us really are excited about sharing good news? Come on, I know y'all got Facebook, y'all got Insta, you know, Twitter, you got Instagram, you got Snap. Come on, somebody, everybody got Snap now, right? So, so we're always about information, right? We're in an information society. We're always putting out information. Uh, you know, you know, you you have no problem telling somebody you're having a bad day. Please leave it off of Facebook. All right. There's so much junk on Facebook and all that stuff. We don't need to know all your business. We don't need to know. I don't need to know what you ate last night. I don't, definitely don't need to know what you did in the bathroom. Come on, somebody. You know? So really, you know, I, I, I just really feel that, there's, um, that we are really informational. We want to share news. We want to be a person who has, you know, news to share in, in some fashion. So, you know, this video was just powerful because it's about sharing the good news. And many of us, we share good news. We share when somebody's pregnant. We share about our grandkids. We share about our kids. We share about our awesome, just off-the-chain youth ministry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, so we're always about sharing information. And so, you know, the, 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 the great thing about being able to share this kind of information is that when you carry good news, do you realize that the news that we carry is probably the best news that somebody could hear that day? I don't care if they've been serving Jesus for 50 years, 100 years, 150, come on somebody, yeah, I don't, it, or, or just last week. But when we begin to share the good news, how many knows that love does? 
Love does. Amen. Love does. Love is an action. Love. I know that when you look up the word love, it says that it's a noun. But, it, you know, a noun needs a, it needs a verb somewhere in there. So it needs an action. And, and so how many knows that when we begin to love people, when we begin to share the good news of what Jesus has done for them, come on, that they don't have to earn it. They All they got to do is just believe it. It's already been done. It's already been finished. It's already been taken care of. And when we begin to share the good news of what Jesus has done in our lives, come on, somebody, the doors will not hold. This building will not hold the multitude of people that need to hear the good news. Amen? Amen. I feel a little excited today, you know. I feel a little Pentecost today. Amen. Is that all right? Is it all right to have a little bit of fire? Is it all right to be a little excited about the message? When I look back and I see the, and I remember the encounters, a young 17-year-old boy laying on a, a, a couch in a parsonage in a Baptist minister's house, and man, I just could not contain myself crying weeping because I knew that I needed someone I needed something in my life I knew that there was a hole and a void that I was looking for and man I had this sweet encounter of Jesus and the Holy Spirit man and man what a powerful day it was when it just consumed my life and so today I just want to talk to you just for a few moments uh, about community and, and and really what is community you know, Pastor really kind of set, the, set the, the bar last week, and he made a statement like this. And, and before I get to that statement, um, I, I just want you to understand, what is community? What is it? What is, what is, your, what is your definition of community? You know, if we go into the Greek, of course, we know the Greek word for that is koinonia. In other words, it's a, it's a time of fellowship and community. But if you really take that word even deeper, it says that it also talks about abiding, Hmm? It, it talks about getting into the nitty-gritty. Because I can tell you right now, people have a lot of junk. But grace, and when we activate grace in our life, we can see past the junk. And we can see the diamond that is still there. Last week, Pastor shared this, uh, just an awesome message. It really just kind of set a fire in me about the, the woman who had the ten coins and if she had lost the coin. Remember he had taught that? And so I come to him and I said, I'll, tell you, I'll take it another further. I said, even though that the coin was lost, it never lost its value. Even though it may have been under a table, maybe it may have been fallen somewhere where it could not be seen, but the coin never, ever lost its value just because it wasn't on the chain. It still had the value. And so, you know, I, and so he said this, this statement about community, and he said that that is a unified body of individuals with common history and common interest. And then he kind of followed it up with this, and he said, it's beautiful, unified difference. Beautiful, unified difference. That right there is the picture of what heaven must look like. When I look around here, I see difference. Thank God for difference. Amen? I mean, when we did the service today, we were kind of way out of what we normally do. It's okay. Sometimes in our lives, we can fall into ruts, and that's all we do. But sometimes you got to color outside of the lines. 
Sometimes you got to get a little bit crazy. You got to if you if you knew me, I would color inside the lines because lines. I mean, but sometimes you just got to get out of the name uh, of the same old same old. And so this morning, I want to talk to you. First, per, uh, the first point is this: that the purpose of church is community. That's the purpose of it. That is the main reason for church is community. Some of you guys would say, no, it's about, you know, your individual thing. It is. But you're just a small part of the bigger picture. So we need each other. We need a body of believers. And so he even, uh, Pastor even shared last week that, you know, it's funny how people in, in this day and age, they just feel so disconnected. They could just watch TV. You know, they could get their church on with, uh, you know, Channel 51. And they marry their television instead of each other or another person. And they're missing it. That's why. What is the point of even coming here this morning if you just, how do I say it this way? What is, what, let me challenge you. Why did you even come this morning? Why? Did you come just out of habit? Did you come just because this is the right thing to do? Did you come just because, man, I had a night full of Hades last night, and I just know that if I get to the church, everything will be all right? Or was the purpose of you coming to church is because you want and longing to be with your church family? So many times people are passed by in churches. Maybe you're visiting with us for the very first time. Please don't hold our church against, against anything because I'm preaching today. Pastor's much better than I am. But people want to belong. People desire to be wanted. People desire to be connected. And what I'm finding in church, and I've been, I've been in ministry now going on close to 20 years, and what I've seen is that there is a, a, a division of, in, in the church. A lot of people aren't connecting. They come, they punch their church card, and then they go home. I did the right thing, blah, blah, blah. I heard the preacher. I gave a little money. I'm okay. Community goes much deeper than that, guys. Community goes much further than that. And so I want, I want us to talk a little bit about that. Because we find in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, it says, For each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ we, through, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We belong to each other. When you call Grace Point your home church, this is my home church. This is, this is where my homies are. This is where my dogs is. This is where my friends are. This is however you want to communicate. However it is. I don't know. You know, everybody has different lingo. Everybody has all that kind of, that, that's because we're beautifully unified difference. All right? So, but, I, but I want to encourage you this morning that there are three elements that we observe that compromise that, that comprise of the community of the early church intentional unity 
What do you think the last one is? And my brother in the back shared it today. Mission. We've got to be about those three things to continue to be a successful church body. All right. So, so I, I want you to understand, success is not in the numbers that you run, but success is in the quality that is produced, in my opinion. What Pastor has been pouring into us is helping to give us the quality of what we believe. The very core things that we stand upon. That we could go and we can speak boldly to those, to those that are out in the marketplace. Or to go to our families. It has helped us to stand upon our belief system. And I've heard it sometimes. I've heard it where people say, well... You know, what do you think the message is this week? Grace. Yeah, I've seen that. And it's good. Because what you've got to understand, what pastor is preaching, he, the, there's so much belief system that is still stuck in the church, even in the people in his, his, this room today, that you've got to tear down what you have believed for so long that you could believe something new and fresh for your life. We need to hear it. We need to be reminded of it. Because see, sometimes, and it was so funny, it was so funny. I said, Pastor said, I know that you got a grace message for us, you know, when, when I go. And I said, I said, Pastor, I said, uh, I said, man, there's been a lot of grace in here. I said, I, I'm going to probably come and preach law because we need balance in this church. He just kind of laughed and, and everything. And, and so my name was still there. So I assumed that he, he trusted I wouldn't do something like that. So. But, but there, there really comes a time in our lives that, we, that we, we, we must believe the very truth. Because, uh, you know, I had lunch with uh, Johanna and, and, and um, 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 oh, Lord, my mind just went blank because my mind was... Huh? No. Anyways, I had lunch. <laughs> it wasn't with me, myself, and I, but Johanna was part of the lunch. Okay. And we started talking about, you know, uh, she, you know, she was wondering, what are you going to be preaching on? And 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 of course, I told this, this you know, the silly little story too about you know law and all that kind of stuff. And and then we started getting into a conversation. But you know, truth is the same as it was two thousand years ago as it is today. All right. So truth hasn't changed. It may have a different package. It may look a little different, but the core of truth has never changed. And so when we start to understand and really apply, somebody say you need to apply. Apply the truth, the very truth that, that, that pastor, apostle, that, that he has been pouring into you and I. When we begin to believe that truth, I'm telling you, the doors will open like unbelievably for you. Why? Because there's a boldness that comes with truth. You don't mind what somebody says. You, you, don't, you, know, you don't fear. You don't fear that somebody's going to try to entangle you into a, a biblical you know, confrontation. Because truth is truth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say. You hold on to the truth because the truth is what? Sets you free. Amen? 
I'm not going to be pulled into bondage by somebody else, but I'm going to preach truth to them. Amen? And so church community involves being, um, number, point number two, church community, or love does involve being intentional. That we find in Acts chapter 42, uh, 2 verse 42, it says they continued steadily uh, and committed themselves and persevered in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Intentional means that it's done on purpose, not by accident. If you want relationship in church, how many has ever heard somebody say, and you don't have to show your hands, I just didn't feel connected. I, I just don't know where I belong. I just want to come in and just sit in the back row and nobody see me. Well, I'm just going to leave the church because, you know, they didn't shake my hand. Oh, come on now. I've been pastor a long time. I know all the excuses. I've heard the excuses. And you just really find out how babyfied people really are. You know. But I believe that a body, church body, needs to be intentional. It needs to be about making relationships. It needs to be about going and seeing a new face and going, hey, I've never seen you here before. My name is. <laughs> it's amazing to me that it seems to be one of the hardest things for people to do. Well, you know, I'm just not built that way. I just can't get out of my comfort zone. What did Jesus die for? Did he die for you just to stay in your comfort zone? Or did he die for a bigger purpose in your life? For you to get past the comfort zone issues. We go and we share the good news for a reason. Because man, a good salesman, let me tell you what a good salesman will do. A salesman believes in the product that he sells. If it's the best product in the world, you better think that it is 24 karat gold. It has value. It has everything that you... It has... That's what a salesman will do. He will sell what he believes. If he doesn't believe it, he won't sell it. So what are you selling? What are you selling those that are around you? Are you being, inten are you being intentional of sharing the good news? Are you being intentional of building relationships? Are you, in, are you being intentional of being, you know, allowing that koinia to really coexist in your spirit? So that people around you, all of a sudden, man, there's something different about you. They feel connected to you. All of a sudden, man, how in the world did George Olivigan share all this stuff that's going on in his life, but he's never spoke to me for one time ever before? Why? Because the Spirit of God gives you the boldness, and it begins to put you out of that comfort zone that people will draw to you because of the Spirit that's inside you. But we got to be intentional about it. What I love about the Gideons, they're intentional. There's no bones about it. You already know what they're going to do. They're going to get the word out there. They're going to see people saved. They're going to go out there and introduce people to Jesus. What are you doing? Do you think that it has to be some international association to do that? Or do you think that it has just to be the pastor and the elders to be able to do that? Again, I question you. Why did you come to church today? 
Did you come just to sit and just to hear the word, hear the worship? To me, I think as a pastor, I've got to challenge people because we get into these places to where we just kind of sit sometimes. Not everybody. Come on now. I don't mean to put everybody in the bowl. Because I have found that when people get really radical about their relationship with Jesus, you can't shut them up. You can. Amen. Let me go on that because I feel like I'm beating, some, beating people up, but I'm not. I'm trying to exhort you because I want you to understand that God has your best in mind. That He wants you to do great things. That He wants to see you succeed. He wants you to get past those things that you think about yourself. Well, I can't speak. Well, Moses said that. But he led two million into the desert. Right? I mean, you can come up with every excuse in the world. But there's somebody in the Bible that's done it and has conquered it. And especially his name is Jesus. Come on. Amen. Amen. We must be intentional. I found this story. It's really cool. President Theodore Roosevelt made a commitment to attend church on Sunday. And he continued all of his years in Washington, even as the president of the United States. And the pastor of his church always received a letter or a phone message from the, from the president when he was expected to be out of town. He would give a reason why he was leaving. He would call his pastor or write his pastor, the president of the United States. That's what it means to be connected. I don't want you to think that just because you're gone, nobody misses. That's about being intentional, about relationship. I can tell you right now, pastor and everybody on staff and the elders right now, we want you here. We don't want you staying home. This is a time of koinonia. This is a time that we come together, we celebrate with one another, and we cry with one another. Now is not the time for us to be alone. Man, do you see the times right now? Do you see the the church that's under fire right now? Do we see all these things that are happening in the world today? Do we need to be alone? No, we need each other. We need encouragement from one another. Amen? But we've got to be intentional about that. Amen? Point uh, uh, Point number three. Love does thrive and survive through unity. Come on, somebody. Got to have some unity. One mind, one accord. When we go back to that, that whole scenario of what the upper room was like, they were in one mind, one accord. In other words, there was a time that they were just involved and they were connecting with one another and with the Holy Spirit, and man, it set them loose. I'm ready to see some radical, crazy people at a grace point that's ready to see our community and a different set of eyes. See, some, some of you guys have been living in Valdosta for so long. Valdosta just looks like Valdosta. But see, I've only been here going on three years. I see Valdosta different than you. I, I, I may have not seen a lot of the struggles that Valdosta has gone through. But I'm seeing a lot of the struggles that it's going through right now. I see that our city needs a major move of God. 
And of course, I know everybody says that about their city. But I'm not in everybody else's city. I'm in my city. And so when I believe, when, when, I th- when we see our city, do you see it with the eyes of God? Do you see it with Christ? Do you look at your neighbor? How many of you ever just knocked on the neighbor's door to introduce yourself? See, back in the day, I know that it was always like that. I mean, they used to have neighborhood parties. Get together, right? Man, cook out. Kids all play together. Didn't have to lock the doors. Huh? When mama's voice came out, all the kids came. How many believes we could have that again? But you got to get involved. You got to be intentional to reach those that are in your neighborhood. You got to be intentional to join one of the small groups that are here in this church. I was asking the numbers. And, you know, we have probably 200, almost 300 people here. And on average, in our small groups, we have about 85. There's a lot of disconnect. A lot of people who just attend churches. You know, just attend church. But I know that as a church grows, the bigger you get, you know, pastor's talking about going to two services here and all of that. And that sounds great because that's all about growth. But the bigger that you get, the smaller you must become. Yeah, I want 1,000 people here. I want 2,000 people. I, wa- I want that. Because why? Because first and foremost, I know that people need to hear the message of Jesus. But it, before that will happen, we've got to to get ourselves into a place to where we're true community. And I'm not saying that we're not community now. I want you to hear me. I'm just believing that the more people get involved with small groups and get connected with one another, all of a sudden now you're closing the gaps of people falling through the hole, you know, falling through through the floor, you know, the holes in the floor, right? People are getting connected. And now your church doesn't become a revolving door of people who come in and out, come in and out, come in and out, come in and out. And it happens all the time. We must be unified. Love does thrive and survive through unity. We find in Acts chapter 4 verse 32 and it says all the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that they owned what was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. Colossians 3.15 says let the peace of that comes from Christ's rule in our hearts for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and to always be thankful. We need unity. Right now, we're, we're in, in turmoil in our country, a dividedness. When you look at a Boeing 767, big plane, and when you think about the body of Christ, I, I, I want you to think about this, and I'm going to bring this co- you know, the two things together. When you think of the body of Christ, not everybody has been called to be the pastor. Not everybody's been called to be the prophet. Not everybody's been called to be you know, the teacher or whatever. You know, the Bible breaks it all down into different things. But you've been called to do something. You've been called. 
one of the greatest things that we always think of, we always think of the, you know, the, the fast five, right? Apostle, teacher, evangelist. You know, we think of those, right? But there's one that's always skipped, and it's called helps. There's a ministry of helps. Everybody can do something. And when you begin to do something, you become more unified. All of a sudden, now you take ownership. A Boeing 767 is comprised of, I don't know how many parts, but I can tell you most of the parts do not fly. They cannot fly on their own unless a a person picks them up and chunks them. But when you put them all together, they lift up a 400,000-pound plane and make it fly 530 miles an hour at 35,000 feet. It takes everybody. I don't want you to think that if you're just sitting in the back of the, you know, sitting in the back or sitting in your chair or wherever you're at, that you don't matter. You matter much. You matter much. All right. The fourth, the the fourth and last, and Ron, if you would come, or is, is he already back here? Okay. Uh, number number four. Love does remain mission minded. Love does remain mission minded. John twenty one or John twenty verse twenty one says again. He said, "Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you." In verse twenty two, then he said, "He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit." Receive the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that take you back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8? It says, you're going to be my disciples. Wait until you're endued with the power. And when you get that power, now you're going to be the witnesses into where? Come on, somebody help me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outer parts of the world. We need the power. The power is what gives us the fuel for the mission. A tank or a car or any of that, if it doesn't have any fuel, it don't go nowhere. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need His wisdom. We need His guidance. We need Him. Now, I know, I know in this place, we can be so easily challenged, and it almost seems like it's so um, far and out of reach. But I'm telling you right now, what happened if you just, in being mission-minded, you're being intentional, you're unifying them with the body right now, and you remain mission-minded? What if you just brought one person to church next Sunday? The church would not hold them. It just takes you getting out of your comfort zone and allowing God to do something new and radical in your life. Man, we have the ammunition. We understand the message of grace and the person of grace. We have been given the challenge to learn about this and and to hear of apostles teaching to us. It said that they adhere to the apostles' teaching. Do you understand that we have an apostle in this place? And if we begin to adhere to the teachings of the apostle, I'm telling you, 
and we begin to believe that very truth. That old saying that I, I remember, I remember when I was in third grade. That wasn't long ago, guys. Okay, just letting you know. I remember in, in third grade, I had a teacher. Her name was Miss Calvin. Uh, she was a short little, uh, um, she, she was a, a, a Puerto Rican lady. And I remember, because in third grade, I was a little high strung. I know y'all wouldn't believe that about me right now. I was a little high strung, so I got in trouble all the time. You know, I was one of those little trouble kids. You know, the ones that the teacher go, oh, Lord, did he have to come today type kid, you know. You know, which was crazy because my mom would mean now. I mean, if I got in trouble, whoo, she tanned me up. But I, I remember that when I would come in, and I, I would have all these issues, and I would cut up, and I would get in trouble, and she'd go, she'd go, Adam. And she grabbed me by my arm. She said, Adam, why did you do that? And I said, the devil made me do it. I remember running into her. It was several, several years later, like 20 years later that I ran into her. And, um, and actually, we started attending the same church. She was in the choir. And um, it was just an amazing reunion with her. Because one of the things, and, and you guys have seen these around forever. I mean, they've been around forever. It's this little picture of a little boy, and it says, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Right? How many has ever seen that sign before? And it's in that I remember, and I go back to that every once in a while. It's funny how you, you allow, and I think the Holy Spirit brings us back to those remembrances of when God was touching me even as a young boy, even when I wasn't serving God, even when I was in a home that, that just refused to, to teach me anything about God. You know, my mom was an atheist. But to still to look back and to see, man, how God's hand has been on me this whole time. The Bible says that He... He knew us even before we were formed in our mother's womb. That when he spoke to Jeremiah, he says, I set you apart to be something different. I set you apart to be a voice into the nations. When I look up here and I see this team of kids who are pouring their hearts out. And man, I'm going to tell you right now, and if there's any teenagers in this room, you need to come on Tuesday night. God is doing some amazing things with, with Bridge. Encourage them. Maybe you have a neighbor that has some teenagers or something. And maybe, you, maybe, their, parent and, 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 and maybe their kids are just going crazy. Your neighbors or whatever. Maybe your own. I don't know. Get them to Bridge. Let them feel a connection that they were created for something greater than what they're experiencing now. If you'd stand to your feet with me for just a few moments. I did good. Papa will be listening to this podcast. Papa, I did good. It's only 12-12. I had to say that for the record.
And I don't know where you are in your life right now. But I'm going to tell you, love does change. Love does change. If you just close your eyes for just a few moments. Ministry team, if you would come. Those that are on the ministry team. We don't want to want to let anybody leave out of here if, if somebody needs prayer. Somebody that needs to come into an agreement with you about a situation. We want to give you that opportunity to come and to be ministered to. Because see, those that are down here, this, they're all about koinia. They're all about building community. We don't want you to leave out of this place if you're hurting or if you need somebody to to come in agreement with you about a situation. And we want to give you that opportunity, but if you just close your eyes for just a few moments. And I, I don't want to rush this because I know that there are those in this room that God is about to do something in your life. And so, Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, as we just take a moment. We're not rushing we're not rushing Father we just thank you right now Lord Lord we thank you for the word God Lord we thank you for the examples Lord if we see at the first century church now, Father it says that 3,000 were added to that on that day of people who were lost but coming to a, a revelation that their life has been saved by you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the word, Lord. I thank you for the Gideons being represented in this place, God. Lord, I pray for my brother right now, God, that you would move on his life. Lord, touch his family right now, God. Lord, touch the order of the brothers that are in the Gideons here in our community, God. Strengthen them, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. As they're scattered all around different churches, meeting different places, God. Father, we thank you right now, Lord. Father, we thank you for your spirit. For your spirit brings gentleness and kindness. It brings great things to our lives. Fathers, I pray over the people here tonight or today. Father, I pray that you would continue to move upon each and every person. Lord, that you have never left us nor forsaken us. But, Father, that you allow our praise to esteem you and our worship to adder, adorate you. That, Father, as we come together as community right now, Father, that those that are in this room would just feel an electrical connection to one another. Jesus, you were so worthy. Yes, Lord. I would ask that you just grab the hand of the person next to you. Just grab their hand for just a moment. Power of connection. Power of connection. Father, in this place right now, God, Holy Spirit, God, 
We don't have to beg. We don't have to plead, God. Right now, let the marrow of the bone join to one another. That, Father, that we are one body, one mind, one accord. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we glorify you, Father, for you're worthy. Yes, Lord. Let healing be distributed through the body right now. Healing. Let miracles be experienced right now through the body. Let shackles fall right now in the body. Let salvation come in the body. Let it flow, Father. We give you praise. We give you praise right now, Father. For you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. As I close in this prayer, if you need prayer, I would just ask that you would come right now. Step out of your seats. If you just need somebody to pray with you individually, we want to give you that opportunity right now. If that's you today, you are released to come. The rest of the church, if you don't, God bless. Thank you so much for coming today. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's worthy.